0: Welcome to the More Than Mothering podcast, episode number eight. I'm your host, Crystal Hardstaff from The Gentle Counselor, where I specialize in perinatal mental health, attachment theory, trauma, and parenting support. Before we begin this podcast episode, I want to tell you about an amazing upcoming event. I'm hosting the annual Mums Mental Health Summit, which is a two day event of guest speakers and workshops with mums sharing all about mental health and motherhood. So, if you've been feeling the pull to do something for yourself, then this is the event for you. It's happening over October 8th to 9th, and it will be at the Mantra Legends Hotel in Surfers Paradise in Queensland. It is going to be the ultimate self-care for moms event. (laughs) There are VIP and general admission options for you to check out, but make sure you're quick to grab your tickets and make plans because tickets are very limited. I cannot wait to meet you all. Make sure to click the link below or go to my website, thegentlecounselor.com, for more information. In today's podcast episode, I wanted to share with you a bit about my thoughts and my personal and professional experience around psychology and spirituality. This is something that I have been on my own journey with. So, of course, I've got my degrees that are very psychology based, but in my personal life, I've also felt this shift to explore my spirituality. I find this to be perhaps a more common thing that occurs for us as we get older. I really am curious about what it stems from for a lot of people, whether that's like religious trauma or just feeling the sense that there's something more, or perhaps you're just really intrigued and interested in the idea of something or someone else being there, or just you're trying to find ways to support yourself. I don't feel like I have any hard and fast rules. I don't have like a set thing that I follow, but I do call myself someone that is spiritual. That is the only word that I feel like can describe it, especially when it feels like I don't even necessarily know what that means. But I definitely have things that I like to do and I like to think about. One of the interesting things that I've noticed about this for myself is that when you're working in this field of psychology and you've been doing it for so long, It feels like it's so intellectual based that sometimes it feels too intellectual based and there's not that element of humanness about it. And I think that's a big reason why I adopted some of the spiritual practices that I do or the ways that I'm curious is because it feels like it fills this void that the field of psychology doesn't necessarily have, which also makes sense because it's not a way of being. It's not the state of being human We have been trying to find ways to explain the human experience. And a lot of that has been done through observations and interviews and studies. So it makes sense that it doesn't feel like it can be something that relates to you necessarily as an individual because quite a few of the methodologies or the ways that we talk about it are trying to find patterns or groupings of certain things. What I have been struggling with lately is feeling like there's this information overload out there. And I know I've seen some criticisms of how social media and the online world has started to portray psychology. And I do think there's a place for that. I think critical thinking is really important and it's definitely warranted at times, but I also have this sense that nothing is new. It almost feels like I'll learn about one thing and then I'll hear it from another side. And then I'm thinking, isn't this the same thing? So one of the biggest examples of this that I use with clients who are similar to me where they want a bit of that spiritual experience in our sessions as well is that we talk a lot in psychology about intergenerational trauma and this is a really important concept to discover and to process and to apply to your own upbringing because it can provide you a lot of answers about your family dynamics and how it's working and not working and essentially like the trauma that can come from what you've experienced in your upbringing whilst also providing an understanding of how that pattern has been there for a while and it didn't start with you it didn't start with your parents but it's going back to looking at grandparents and great-grandparents and so forth this is like where epigenetics come from where we can kind of see this dna coming through or how we talk about how you can change your dna when you're in this like healing process Because thanks to neuroplasticity, you can change your brain. So just as psychology can call it intergenerational trauma, perhaps in the spiritual community, they may call it something like the karmic cycle or the karmic line. And I think this is really interesting. And I'm definitely no expert on that karmic kind of language. I've simply just heard about it or read things, and I find it really interesting and intriguing. And what I realize is that it's... Kind of talking about the same thing just viewing it through a slightly different lens and putting very different language on it so whilst one person may talk about intergenerational trauma another person may talk about it in the same way but use language like karmic cycles another example of this is inner child healing that's a really popular thing that people talk about i talk about it as well and that is again stemming from like more of that spiritual community where we talk about having that wounded child who's still within you and some people will prompt you to like look at a photo of yourself or visualize yourself at that as that small child that's very spiritual based and in the same way in psychology that's internal family systems that is looking at the different parts of yourself which is a really key component in IFS so that's what i mean by nothing is necessarily new. I also remember when I did my IFS training, people were talking about how it was very similar to shamanism. Again, something I definitely know nothing about, but I thought it was really interesting that people can still relate it to these other things that they knew about or heard about or learnt about. And this feeling of, wow, nothing is really new. We've all just been having this experience and everyone's been trying to figure out a way to explain it for themselves. And then they've shared this with other people in their own way. So... In my experience with clients and even aspects of my personal life, I find it really interesting where we're seeing these themes of like intergenerational trauma, and especially when it comes to maternal line. Something that I've noticed a lot in my practice is that clients will have strained relationship with their mother, and then they will have a daughter, but they have this awareness of not wanting... child to experience what they did and I'm noticing this pattern where it's following the maternal line it seems to be all about that maternal relationship or being the firstborn and that's what I mean about the spirituality of looking at intergenerational trauma is that you can see this as like a life lesson or prompting you for something that is going to be challenging in your life and is going to require a bit more attention it's going to be like a really strong theme and it's just a pattern that I've noticed and also one that I've personally experienced so one of the biggest criticisms that I see in the like therapy community on social media from therapists and well established therapists is they talk about pop psychology i think that's the term that People have given this new wave of, like, social media and Instagram accounts that are talking all about, like, inner child healing and attachment styles and things like that where a person may not necessarily have, like, formal qualifications or training on these areas or may not actually be, like, a a qualified psychologist, for example. And I don't know if it's a problem because they call it pop psychology as if it's inherently bad as if there's something wrong with that. And I don't really sit well with that. I don't like it when we try to like demonize or make people feel bad for something that they're believing in. Like for example, earlier where I was talking about inner child healing is actually internal family systems. I'm not going to correct someone if they call it inner child healing. Like I refer to it myself in that way as well because I feel like it is actually making mental health more accessible to people and it's doing it in friendlier language that's easier to understand. In saying that I do think accounts need to stay in their lane and I think that's really important to consider especially thinking about who you're following or who you're getting your information from Do they have any qualifications like what is actually their background and experience or understanding on this? Because there definitely are some problematic people and accounts out there, but to be honest, that's a conversation for another day. But for you listening to this, I really want to acknowledge that there's many sides and aspects to this that are really important to consider. We can even talk about psychology in itself, how the history of psychology isn't great. There's a lot of trauma in how psychology came to be the way it is and how we know the things we know now, a really big criticism that is very valid is how a lot of this is rooted in like the patriarchal and capitalism structure because a lot of the people that were like the originators of psychology, I guess, were primarily white men and their focus was on white, cis, heteronormative men. There was not really any looking into our understanding of BIPOC communities and not women, because women weren't either labeled as witches or labeled with things like hysteria. There's very problematic history of psychology and it is really important to understand that. And even now in the medical mental health model, it is very much like transactional. So I think it's something to be wary of, especially when we are talking about things like medication, which yes, can and do have their place, However, I also very commonly see people being over, like, over-medicated or other things are not taken into consideration yet, and it's kind of used as like a band-aid solution that's actually not helping the person in the long term. So what I would like you to take away from this episode is, one, to be careful who you're getting your information from, and two, to really adopt a habit of critical thinking, So when you're seeing this information, when you're hearing people talk about it or reading posts on social media, just check in with yourself and ask, how am I feeling when I absorb their content? For example, are you feeling guilt or blame or shame? Because if you're feeling any of those, that's a red flag. That is pointing to something that is not sitting right with you. The other thing to consider, especially about who you're following and how they're talking to you or treating you is that we have this issue with some people being re-traumatized and we really don't want that. I've heard some pretty horrific stories of people who have been forced into sharing their stories that they're not ready to share or really delving deep into their trauma and being sort of left in that pain and not actually helped to process it or to regulate their emotions, or to be in a safe environment, or to be pushed and not be able to explore it when they're ready. So definitely consider all these things of which accounts you're following and who you are seeing as well for therapy if you're looking into uh, a way of helping yourself, whether that is with a psychologist or a counsellor, or if it's with someone else that has like a bit more of an alternative method of doing things. At the end of this, I do want to say I believe everything has its place. I don't think one is necessarily all the way right or all the way wrong. I think it's going to be very individualistic based, which makes sense. We can't group everyone into one method, one way of doing things. That's why, for example, with me and the way I work is I like to have all of this information. I'm curious. I'm constantly learning and hearing different sides and learning different things. And then I do different trainings and whatnot and things that I feel like sit really well with me. And then I bring aspects of that or in some cases, all aspects like attachment theory, for example, as you know, is like my right or die. I really enjoy it <laughs> um, and internal family systems, but I've learned about other things like CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. And I have criticisms about that as well. So I don't necessarily use that as my primary methodology. So it's really important to find someone who you feel like is going to click with you, who's going to get you, who's going to work with you in a way that sits well with you and is a good balance of challenge, but primarily safety. Really feeling like you can be vulnerable and safe with that person, that you're not going to feel any judgment or shame or guilt. And if you do work with mothers and families, you may be interested in my upcoming Gentle Motherhood Professionals training. It consists of educational content and modules, learning my gentle motherhood framework alongside individual and group sessions over eight weeks. So in this training, you'll receive a combination of the gentle motherhood framework, six weeks of education content and modules, business coaching and personal counseling, a 12 month business plan and an offering. So you're ready to go a certificate upon completion and a listing in my business directory, which is only available for those who complete this training. If you would like more information on the Gentle Motherhood Professionals training, make sure to click the link below or go to my website, thegentlecounselor.com. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. I feel like I've stepped a bit out of my comfort zone because... This is something that I'm very much in the grey area on. I am not black and white on this topic of psychology and spirituality. So if you have any thoughts or reflections you would like to share, please email me or message me because I would love to continue this conversation with you outside of this podcast episode. Whilst you're here, if you do really enjoy my podcast episodes, I would so appreciate if you could please uh, go and leave a star rating and review on your podcast platform. This really helps the podcast be pushed and shown to more people.